Hello, I'm Andrew Tuck, and you're listening to Tool Stories on Monocle 24, brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist, the show all about the cities we live in. Many of California's most beautiful houses can be credited to Frank Lloyd Wright, and perhaps none more impressive than Hollyhock House. Originally designed for the oil baroness Aline Barnstall, the home was the first piece of modern American architecture to make it onto the UNESCO World Heritage List. To tell us more, here is Monocle's Chris Lord. Perched on a hill high above Los Angeles, the Hollyhock House is a monument to the perils of an ambitious project. It ran wildly over budget when it was built. The client didn't particularly like it, and the flat roofs could be leaky. Yet the Hollyhock, which reopened last year after an extensive restoration, inadvertently brought together several architects who would have so much influence on the built environment of this city. It also represents some of the first seedings setting the stage for what became known as Californian modernism. Stage setting was important to Frank Lloyd Wright when, in 1919, he was commissioned to design an L.A. home for the oil heiress and experimental theatre practitioner Aline Barnsdall. The house was intended as the centrepiece for a 36-acre arts complex with theatres, cinemas and artist residences. Walk through the Hollyhock and it unfolds theatrically from narrow stone passageways to voluminous rooms panelled with Japanese screen paintings, through to an open-air central courtyard. In the living room is a grand fireplace that used to have a moat of water running around it, unfortunately long since run dry. The garden fountain is evocative of an amphitheatre, and the flat roofs would allow for impromptu performances by Barnstall and her daughter. Yet the most theatrical element of this house is that it's a bit like walking into a temple. The central motif... The hollyhock, a tall and upright flower, has in Wright's vision been transformed into an angular feathery form in carved stone on the exterior that feels somehow Mayan or Aztec. Abby Chamberlain-Brack is curator of the Hollyhock House. This project is the first that Wright did in Los Angeles, and he's really grappling with what building types for the American Southwest should be with this commission in particular. He referred to the house as California Romanza, and Romanza is a musical term meaning free form. I think that embracing the theatrical component of the Barnstall Commission, he's really leaning heavily on indigenous building traditions, most notably, of course, the pre-Hispanic, but we've also got flat, livable roof terraces that may be evoking Pueblo architectural traditions. He's taking forms from ancient Maya, from Aztec, that were being published in the period that he was building, and also forms that he was seeing at World's Fairs. Of course, he never acknowledged these outside influences, but there's really no denying that the cast stonework here and the canted upper walls of the exterior, these really imposing facades, are looking to these earlier building precedents. At the time, Wright was also working on the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo, which incorporated influences of the so-called Mayan revival. Yet he was distracted by that vast project and put his son Lloyd in charge of overseeing construction in LA. By then, however, the timeline had totally run over. The costs ballooned to three times the budget. And in 1921, after several disagreements with Frank Lloyd Wright on the designs, Barnsdall sacked 
the master architect. At the time, Wright employed a young architect called Rudolf Schindler, who would go on to create many of LA's most iconic modernist buildings. When the project started to run out of control, Schindler was brought from Wright's uh, Midwest office to take the reins on the work. And he continued to make contributions to the main house even after Wright left the project in 1921. You can see his hand very clearly in many of the details, especially for Residence A, the guest house that we're in the process of restoring. This commission is what brought Schindler to Los Angeles, and you can see so many through lines between his work. Richard Neutra was also involved in developments for the site. Barnstall ultimately never lived all that long in the Hollyhock. Her arts complex was never fully realised, and she gifted the unfinished house to the city in 1927. It became the headquarters for the California Art Club until the 1940s, when it sat vacant and was almost condemned. Fortunately, it was saved, but it didn't become a museum till the 1970s, and in 2019 was inscribed on UNESCO's World Heritage List, still the only building in LA on there. The house, in some return to its original intentions, has recently begun hosting works by contemporary artists. Yet the way in which the Hollyhock came to be mirrors some of the drama that the patron had hoped to create around her home. This stirring structure was a stage set for three key residential architects to converge. Frank Lloyd Wright, Rudolf Schindler and Richard Neutra. All three would go on to have so much influence on LA's built environment, which in the 1920s was very much a nascent city. Here's Abby Chamberlain-Brack again. Here from this Olive Hillside location, we do have views out at the Hollywood sign, the observatory, but the house predates all of these monuments. We can see Ennis House, which is one of Wright's famed textile blockhouses. We can now look out at the larger influence that Wright's work had on the development of the landscape around this site. You've been listening to Tall Stories, a Monocle 24 production. Today's episode was written by Chris Lord and produced and edited by David Stevens. Remember to tune in on Thursday for the full 30-minute edition of The Urbanist. I'm Major Tuck. Goodbye, and thank you for listening, city lovers.